right here on the POFU Podcast, episode 53. 53. Is Jeremiah racing Iceman in 2024? I'm not signed up. Well, nobody's signed up. That was my point, <laughs> but I'm not signed up. I think as a The begin- answer is yes, dickhead. You are racing it next year. As I get You older. don't get an option. Right. You don't get the choice, okay? You're part of the EOT, Eclipse on Tap cycling team. You are racing next year. You don't get the choice. I think there's a common misconception. Should we start episode 53? You know what? Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. Okay. Hold on. Hold on. Um, episode 50. Th- there's something. Free. There's something important that we need to discuss before we get into the thick of, of today's content. Okay. Go ahead. And um, it's something that uh, I know you're a little uncomfortable with. It's something that uh, it might pick a little scab. Okay, Jerry. But we got to talk about it. Okay, player. We got to talk about. It. Go ahead. Let's talk about. Uh, uh, Must be good. Let's talk about Iceman. Oh, twenty-three. We got to recap Iceman, player. Oh, how's it? Yeah, it was a good one. Okay. Um, I'm gonna let you. I'm gonna let you take the floor here for a second because I know, I know you're struggling with this a little bit. All right. So struggle. The floor is yours. I want you to get it all out. Just get it all out. Get it out on this table right here. And we're gonna discuss it, and then um, and then we're gonna t- once we get it on the table. We're going to talk about it, okay? And then we're going to wrap it up, and we're going to set it to the side, and we're just going to leave it there until okay. Iceman twenty twenty four. Okay. Okay. So Jeremiah, go. Iceman twenty twenty three for me. You know what's ironic about it? Is I actually pre rode the course like the, everyone knows Iceman. It's a point to point race from uh, Kalkaska to Traverse City. Everybody knows it. Everybody knows it. Everybody. Everybody. Mountain bike race. Mountain bike race. Yeah. Big race. race. Big race. Bigger than big. The big race. Uh, I pre rode the course by the way. And I, I think I did it in like sub two hours, by the way, by myself. You did the full course? I sure did. And I got lost three times. And it was right about that time. So then the actual race day came and, and went, for the record. And I, I must admit, I, I, I was very transparent with it. It's like, you know what? I wasn't excited about this Iceman. It was like, it was the end of the season. It was the season was long. I don't make excuses. We ride. But Why would, were you not excited about it? Uh, it was like what I don't was know. The, there was it wasn't like a bad weather day. It wasn't like you had any hiccups in the season. It's not like you were injured. It's not oh. like Mm-mm. no. So why why were you not excited about it? Well, I don't make I'm not an excuse kind of guy. I want to make sure it's clear. That's fine. Uh, I'm just asking you why you weren't excited. That just because uh, you I give think me the reason was, why you weren't excited. That's not an excuse. I think that the the season got got. I mean, as it as it wears on, it gets long. You know, we started out racing in March and we ended in November, so it kind of got long. And I think that you know the other things that took precedence over. Like my mind wasn't focused on riding. It was um, some family issues. Can I say that? Yeah, um, you can say whatever you want on this podcast. Yeah. This is this is your basement. Yeah, this I know is it your is. studio. There was some there were some family issues that were that were that were much more bigger than me and more important from Hammy felt ha- some family health issues. Uh work was busy. Just just a lot of things, a culmination of uh you know, it's probably like maybe a little stress potentially. You know, there were some things that's gonna like and I was looking forward to being over to move on to some other things. It was just one of these things that's like, hey, it was just again, I'm not an excuse guy. That's the third time you've said that. So, you know, we go out and race, and uh, and uh, we raced it. And I will tell you, I didn't I didn't have my best stuff that day. And actually, had a, I would say I had a I had a bad day on the bike. I don't think I was mentally there. I don't think I was physically there. I think you know part of it was, it was thirty two degrees that morning. It was cold. I never got warm. And I think after the well, I know after the guy endoed in front of me, and I and I ran him over. It was like. 
officially 15 miles to go, my give a damn was completely shattered. I was like, you know what? We go hard every time we ride. We race and stuff. It's like, you know what? I'm going to enjoy this day. I'm going to look around. I'm going to see the birds chirp. I'm just going to ride in. And I'm like, I officially, my give a fuck broke. And I was like, <laughs> I really don't give two shits. I just want this race to be over, and I'm looking forward to drinking beer. And that's where I was, to be honest with you. And not like not like my time was completely horrible when I, when you look at the numbers. But overall, for me, I expected to be about 155, to be honest with you. And I came in at like 205. I think I'm going to challenge you on a couple of your comments. Go on. Okay. Go on. Because that's what I'm here for. You can go on. All right. You say that you were in the mindset. Of, I'm just looking forward to drinking beer. Yeah. I had a beer afterwards. Well, you did. Yeah. But where I challenge you on that comment is when you cross that finish line, you were spitting nails player. You were not happy. Well, I so mean, I f- I'm, there's a little uh, contradiction in your story there. Right. I'm trying to uproot. I'm just, you know, we're just trying to get I mean, it on the table here. There, there's some days when you're out riding, and your mind, and your, and your, and your, your mind is yell, is is like yelling go, and your body doesn't react, and it's kind of like, well, it's one of those days. And you know what? I will tell you, when you don't perform at the peak at which you, you forecasted, I think that sometimes it takes a mental toll on you too. It's like, man, when you really have your 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 sights set high, and you and you and you uh, don't achieve your expectations, it's like some days it's like, ah, whatever. But it also you're, you're disappointed and, and you're frustrated with yourself because that's the way it turned out. Because you know why? Because now I'm to sit on that the last race of the season to the whole. I mean, is it motivation? You could say yes, or is it demotivating? Might be yes too. I have to wait for a whole another year for that to happen again. And let me let me define that further. So when you go into this race, I was prepped, right? Meaning I had ridden. I was lighter than I've normally have been going into that time. I was, I was to, my fasts. I was I go fast, and you do all those things, and they don't result in what you thought they're going to result in, and now there are some circumstances there, whatever. Again, and then you don't achieve that. You're like, wow, what went wrong? What went right? And what can I do different? That's kind of like the that that needs to go. That needs to be my mindset as I go forward. Fair enough, Jerry. But in the moment, I mean, it's it's, it's pure frustration too. I mean, on some things. Okay. But I will I, tell you, I will tell you that at a certain point, you're just like, eh, whatever. Life goes on too. But I will tell you, life is bigger than, than the race too. I will tell you that. Oh, absolutely. I agree with that a thousand percent. Thousand. Uh, Jeremiah, so after the race, I mentioned before, you were spitting nails and that's okay because I would have done the same thing. Yeah. Had, had the roles been reversed. You were not happy. Uh, you were disappointed. That's fair. I probably even told you to never race that race again. And believe me, it came out of my mouth because that's the way I felt. That's what I was going to ask because yeah. multiple times you said, I'm not racing it next year. And I said, fuck you. You're going to race it, dick, right here on the POFU podcast, episode 53. 53. Is Jeremiah racing Iceman in 2024? I'm not signed up. Well, nobody's signed up. That was my point. <laughs> but I'm not signed up. You know, I think as the answer is yes, dickhead, you are racing it next year. As I get you older. don't get an option. Right. You don't get the choice, okay? You're part of the EOT, Eclipse on Tap cycling team. You are racing next year. You don't get the choice, okay? Well, uh, I will tell you, Haas, when you, you turn, what, 48 this year? I will turn 46 in 2020. 47 this year. In January <laughs> 15th, we got a birthday coming up, folks. We probably won't record between now and then, so I do want to get a little shout-out to Haas on his, on his 50th birthday on January. Uh, you're the 11th, aren't you? The bug is a 15th. January 11. 11. I will be 46. 11. Haas is 50. 
and he's going to go big <laughs> on his 50th birthday. And I look forward to great things from Hoss on his 50th birthday party. Let's get this party started. Whoop, whoop. Okay. Well, so, listen here. With that in mind. I, I answered the question for you. Okay, thanks. You're racing next year. Oh, excellent. Right? Whether you get us the new bikes or not, because <laughs> right. you're supposed to, you should have ordered them already. Right. Got it. I got eight grand burning in my pocket, and I'm going to spend four mm. on the bike that you're going to order. It's going to be a $12,000 bill, and I'm spending four. That's what you're getting for us. Okay? Good good point. Got it. And I, I didn't bring this up so I could gloat. Um, all I'm going to say, and because I know there's one fanboy out there that's going to ask the question, Mr. Brian Kuyper, we love you. Thank you for listening. Freaking Brian Kuyper's going to want to know who won between you and me at Iceman, and I'm just going to say Jeremiah owes me a uh, bottle I'm of sure, XO. I'm sure okay. Kuyper looked it up, but I want to for the record, I beat Kuyper. Did he race? That's my point. Didn't I didn't even, show even know up. he was there. He didn't even show. No show Kuiper means I win. I'm talking Brian Kuiper, not Geoff. <sighs> I probably beat him too. <laughs> Jeff did not race. I didn't. Was Brian there? I beat Geoff. Brian Kuiper, were you at, were you at I Iceman? Don't, I don't. I don't I remember seeing him. Sorry, but I, I didn't. I didn't see you there. I don't think. I don't think the Kuiper showed um, up. The Kuiper took a year off. Okay, so Jeremiah owes me a bottle of XO. Jeremiah has not beaten me at Iceman since 2018. It's <sighs> been a. <laughs> That's right. Been a long hey, time. So let me ask you a question. When you did, when you no showed that one year and like decided that it was that your family is more important, which I can certainly support. Does do I get a bottle of XO for that? No, because you didn't beat me. Ah, oh, great. Because you you no showed. Got it. Just for the record. <laughs> just, for the I just, record. I just want to get that clear. Uh, you know what? I, I I one thing I I have as I get older, not nearly as old as you, being fifty this year, Hoss, is the fact that I don't enjoy riding my bike when it's cold. I'm getting soft in my old age. I'm going to have to move south. That's like saying the sky is blue. Nobody rikes, likes riding their bike in the cold. No, no one rikes to? No one rikes riding their bike. Nobody right. likes riding their bike in the cold. We got to head west, young man. West or south? Well, San Diego, uh, well, Florida. I, I don't like the cold either, but you basically you got to suck it up and ride in the cold until Iceman, and then you don't have to ride outside anymore. Suck it up, buttercup. And it was chilly yeah. on Iceman Day. It was chilly. But you know what? Everybody rolled in the same cold, Jerry. Everybody rolling the same. No, I rolled colder than you did because I took off before you did. You took off nine minutes before me, hmm. and how much did I beat you by? I, I don't recall. Hey, Jerry. I don't. I don't. Never keep, forget. I don't keep track. Nine eleven. Got it. Nine eleven. Okay, player. Okay, so we got Iceman out. All right, so got it. That was the last, uh, you know, personal update that I thought we should discuss. Excellent. Oh, by the way. Eclipse on Tap, episode 69 just released. They also did their Iceman recap. I haven't listened yet. I got to tune in. I'm anxious to listen. Tune in. EOT. What up? Episode 69, Eclipse on Tap. Excellent. Check it out. All right. Episode 53. We uh, quick Check it out. Quick sponsors. Are we doing your subject this one? Because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to launch our, our new sponsor when we do my subject. I've got a couple things we need to talk about here. Oh, okay. Go ahead. No, no. Sponsors. Go ahead. Brendan O'Driscoll, Treadstone Funding, Stark's Law, Forager, Forager, Bold, Great Lakes Regional Cuisine, and Gary V. Gary Ryan up at V13, V13. Custom Apparel. Thanks, y'all. I think it's better to call him Gary V, just easier. No, he's not the real Gary V. Oh, shit. Give him some love. No, Gary Ryan is better than Gary V. Even sure though damn. I love Gary V. Crikey. Hell yeah, he is. Gary Ryan's the man. I think it's time to talk about a common misnomer. And and there's some math here. And I'm I'm see I want to see what Haas thinks. You know, I like math. This little article, and it's called, uh, maybe it's a miscommon, misconception, I'm, I'm going to see what Haas thinks. It's called Renting versus Owning. We're talking about a house here. Oh, man. Are you ready for this? Okay. 
if you rent a house, I'm going to go through this and then we're going to unpack it. Renting a house, 1500 bucks a month. Insurance, renter's insurance, 30 bucks a month. Property tax, how much? Zero. Zero. Utilities? Zero. Well, uh, it depends, but usually yeah. electricity and gas. They have it listed as a buck fifty. How much does it cost for landscaping? Zero. And maintenance and repairs? Zero. Got it. All right. Now moving on. Owning thirteen hundred bucks a month for rent. Mortgage. You mean, you mortgage, mortgage or rent. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Insurance. A lot. Two hundred bucks a month. Uh, ooh, that's high. Property tax. This a is lot. get listed at like four eighty. Yeah. Utilities, three hundred. Landscaping, one twenty. Maintenance repairs, this is per month, one ninety. So my point is, what is your thoughts? What's your take on renting versus owning? Do you think that uh, it's more advantageous to rent, to own? Which one's cheaper? Which one's more effective? And do you think, because a lot of people in their minds think that, oh, if I'm renting, I'm just throwing the money away. I'm not building equity. I'm not, I'm not building toward the future. WWHD. What would Haas do? What is your take? And do you agree with the article, the, the quick little synopsis there? Because you don't get appreciation and whatnot, but go ahead. Take so, it away. So I've seen many articles like this. I've seen many video clips discussing this. But very that really was an article. That was more like a snapshot. Okay. So I've seen I've seen the argument. Yeah. Many times. What's I've Haas's s- take? I've seen it framed many different ways. Mm-hmm. So there's something to be said about renting, which is when you rent your rental payment is the most amount of money that you are going to pay every month. That's the most, right? It's not going to go above that. Does that make sense, right? So if your rent is, what was the example, 1500 a month? Uh, yeah. That's whatever. what you're going to pay every month. Yeah, 1500 Now, comparatively, let's say you own and let's say your mortgage is 1500 a month mm-hmm. or let's say your mortgage taxes insurance. Let's say all in, it's 1500 a month. Right. That is the least amount that you're going to pay because right. what if your dishwasher breaks and you got to buy a new dishwasher yep. there's there's a thousand bucks right what if you need to paint your house there's a couple hundred bucks in you know paint whatever like so that's when you rent it's the most you're going to pay so it's good for budgeting and when you own it's the you know your payment is the least amount that you're going to pay yep. so that's where i say there's value in renting at least you know what you're getting into as i said i've seen the argument presented in both ways and I've always been interested to actually put pen to paper and see what the true financial net benefit is over time. And I've never done it, but I'm going to go ahead and guess that over time, it's more financially advantageous to own. Really? The, if there's one component of the whole equation that makes me think that, it is this. Let's say, for example, you own a $300,000 house. That's somewhere around the median nowadays mm-hmm. in, in most of America. And it is in our area here in, in, in West Michigan. $300,000 house. Historically, the average appreciation for real estate is somewhere in the range of like 3%. Okay. Right? We know that is. fluctuates. Sometimes it goes down, rarely, but sometimes it goes down. Sometimes it goes up 10 or 20%, depending on market conditions. But let's say over time, you average a 3% appreciation on your real estate. And let's say you own a $300,000 house. That means... A $300,000 house, if it appreciates 3%, how much is that, Jerry? $9,000. $9,000 in appreciation. So now after year one, your house is worth $309,000. The next year, 3% appreciation. Let's just call it another $9,000. And so it's the appreciation component where I think over time, because most people 
over time, unless you're doing huge renovations, huge value adds, the everyday repairs and maintenance to upkeep a house is usually going to be less than the appreciation gain. Mm. In other words, in that example of a $300,000 house, do you think you're going to do less than $9,000 in repairs or spending on taxes or insurance or all the other components that you don't get with renting? I think the appreciation component over a long period of time outweighs all of that. So that's why I think owning is better than renting. Your opinion. Got it. But you also, the, the, you haven't factored in yet. You didn't, the 20% you put down, mm-hmm. that your cash you just lost. Well, you didn't lose it. You didn't lose it. I understand, but that's also returning your cash. The renter has not paid that, right? That's fair. So, I mean, I, I don't think you took that in consideration quite yet in, into your algorithm. So, I mean, there there is some outlay. 20% well, on a $300,000 house is still... 60K. 60,000 bucks. And let's just say, theoretically, you own that house for 30 years. Okay. Okay, so how much is that over 30 years? So you're saying 30 times 9. No, I'm pulling out my calculator here. I'm going to say... Right, but you got to go 30 60. times 9 for the appreciation, right? No, no, no. Just I'm talking about what is your actual outlay. I know it's a big chunk up front, which sure. you could put in the market, and it could be gaining 10%. All right, that's right. fair. So then, the then your pre- it offsets your appreciation by 3000 Valid point. Yeah. I'm not saying you're wrong. Yeah. So, I mean, the only there, There's also the tax write-off component to mortgage interest, which yep. you don't get from renting. I get it. But you also, you're also, you know, stuck to the home. It shows commitment. If you want to move. It is harder to get out of a house than it is out of a rental. Right. So Depending on how you look at it. Right. Yeah, if I, I mean, just signed a lease, a 12-month lease today, and I want to get out of it in two months, it's probably easier to get out of my house if I list it at a fair price. Potentially. Because you could probably list and sell the house within two months. Right. But and you know, technically you look, on that lease, if you're going to break it, there's going to be some fees there. Year over year, I'm sure there's going to be a nice price increase yeah. the, from, from yeah. the landlord. Now, Jerry, I'm not saying that I'm right. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying in my head because I've, I, I feel like there's a strong argument for both. Right. You're bringing up valid points. Sure. Uh, I just feel like over time, I think there's a bigger benefit to home ownership. Well, when you look at it, though, L- let's also think about the, the unmeasurable components such as it's my house. I own it. I can do what I want with it. I can paint the colors that I want. I can do the landscaping that I want. I can make it my place. If you're renting, yeah, that all costs money. I get that. That mm-hmm. all costs money. Okay. I'm, not, I'm not saying it doesn't. But if you're renting, you're always in somebody else's house where maybe you got to be a little more careful about, oh, well, if I, if I break this, you know, I got to pay for it, which is the same in your if you're owning a house, right? I get that. But it's just, I don't know. There's, there's that, un, there's that, intangible, unmeasurable component of owning your own house versus living in somebody else's house that you rent. So now you're bringing emotions into this. I am. Okay. And I'm, I'm not saying you can put a value on that. I'm just saying there is value in it. Well, clearly there's value overall because big business, a.k.a. the Blackstone Group, all these big you know, M&A companies with lots of cash, they're buying homes. And they, there must be a win. Yeah, but, that, but that's a business, Jerry. I understand. That's, that's the business side. But there's demand there, though. Sure. And return. So, I mean, rentals, I mean, they're looking at it as a long-term deal. Um, so, obviously, I mean, they're looking at the millennials and whomever. There's always going to be demand. Always going to be demand. Everybody's going to need a place to live. Right. That's, that, I mean, that's a very stout business model. Um, the, that's the one component to, you look at the, let's call it 
three or four major real estate groups, right? So there's there's residential, residential. There's office, office. there's commercial and industrial. Let's just right. call those four, right? That's yep. why, in my opinion, the residential is the most bulletproof because mm-hmm. look at office space. Like people look at what happened during COVID. Like there's there's a big strain on office. You're not always going to need an office space. Like right. industrial. Uh, I don't want to get into that one, but like right. th- the residential component is where s- people are always going to need a place to live. That's never going to go away. That will never go away. I have read that in big cities right now, where they're building a ton of apartments, they're gonna they're they're talking about driving rents down, not up. But it, it'd be a supply and demand equation that to is, understand where that where what's going to hurt. That is one hundred percent supply and demand. One hundred percent. You got to have an yeah. oversupply. Right. Which we're not anywhere near that in Grand Rapids yet. Grand Rapids, like Michigan, no. Yeah, we're still like what four thousand units short. A lot of a lot of stick, a lot of sticks going up. Yep, a lot of sticks going up. So all right, so I just want to I mean, why don't you summarize? So you're saying, according to WWHD, Haas says he would rather buy than own. Uh, excuse me, buy than rent, because you're saying that you feel in the long term that the appreciation would outweigh the other costs all in. I'm not saying it will. I'm saying if there's one component to the whole equation, right? Because we, you know, there's taxes and then there's the, uh, like there's property taxes and then there's the, the tax benefit to writing off mortgage interest. But then there's, you know, repairs on your own house. Like of all the different components to the equation, I think that the appreciation of your own asset combined with the debt reduction as you pay your mortgage down over time that component right there is what makes me lean towards home ownership having never put pen to paper on the actual financial benefit got it that's what i think and i don't don't like my answer here because i usually like to have a hard stance with actual data to back it up but i've never done it and so if you're asking my opinion that's it own your home own your home Mm -hmm. got it Hoss says anything let, let's say, for example, home. Jerry, let's say somebody did put pen to paper and worked out all the numbers. And let's say it was a break even. Let's break just say even. hypothetically over X amount of time, it's a break even in terms of financial benefit. I'm still that if it's even, I'm going to lean towards home ownership for all the reasons I mentioned before, which is it's I, I can make it's my place. I want to feel I want to make it my own home for my family and I can do what I want with it. Okay. And I control the asset. The takeaway is Haas buys. Haas buys. Haas owns. Haas owns. Got it. Jeremiah? Well, I think it's just, I mean, it's strictly math for me, the numbers. I mean, I think there's pros and cons to both. So um, if it's math, have you done the math? No, I look at the numbers real quick. But to me, I'm not, I'm not, I mean, I'm, I think I'm probably more open now to, to um, renting than ever. I mean, I don't, the, the challenge that we have is, that, I mean, from our algorithm, we were using um, appreciation and to use a home line of credit and some, some leverage to utilize that money to go buy other things. But in theory, if you just had the cash, well, you don't, I mean, it's the same thing, right? Because your money, no, no down payment, things like that. You should have that cash in your pocket. You can go buy the things. I think that, that the challenge we have today is, is the world being non-committal. And I think it makes you much more nimble from renting yeah i understand that you could you know this kind of thing you can you could just sell the home you can do this and do that but then you got to pay six percent to a realtor you got to do this got to do this i mean it's just like it's 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 difficult the renting side yeah you you know you're more nimble i mean with your cash potentially 
with um, you living there potentially? I mean, I, I don't feel like, I mean, overall, our, our, our company's loyal to their, to their employees. I mean, yes and no. But if you want to move up in the world, you're not going to stay at a company for, you know, you're going to move, I mean, for a company or you're going to try to climb the corporate ladder. You're going to do this and that. I mean, it's like having a home ties you down. And it feels like you're stuck in one place rather than being able to, after a year, you can look on to brighter and brighter new things and go try this, try that, whatever, and maybe get in a, in a look and maybe not living in a house for 30 years doesn't get you stuck in a rut like you're just, you know, old hat. So there's always something new to look forward to and it could be a new place, could be a new scene. But then there's also, I mean, the financial component and you brought in the emotional component, which have pros and cons. So my takeaway is, I mean, the, the millennials and whatnot, you, you read about them and they're renting and they're moving back in with their parents in their basement because maybe they're emotionally attached to their parents' house <laughs> or it's just free, one or the other. Do you feel like your kid's going to live with you for the next 50 years? Oh, hell no. I'll kick them out. Okay, got it. Um, <clears throat> so there's that, you know, one of the bullets in favor of renting is the mobility component. Yeah. Nimble. Uh, I'm use the term nimble. Yeah, I will say that it is... When you're renting, I think it's a fair statement to say that you're going to keep yourself leaner in terms of belongings, especially if you're swapping apartments or moving every couple of years. Like, you know, when you live in a house for a long period of time, you accumulate a ton of shit, right? I actually thought about that a minute ago. Yeah. So when you rent, I think you keep yourself leaner, which is a fair statement. But in terms of mobility, to get out of a lease versus the time that it takes to sell a house I don't think there's a massive time advantage, but where I think the big, in terms of mobility, the disadvantage of owning is every time you sell a house, you are losing a ton of money in closing costs. Sure. Right? So I think we can agree that if you own a house for 30 years versus if you buy a house and then five years later buy a different house and then five years later buy a different house and so on and so on over you know five, six, whatever, how many times right. during that 30 years, you come out way ahead of the game if you're in the same house for 30 years because every time you sell tons of closing costs that are lost right mm-hmm. which could chew up a ton of your profits etc cetera, etc cetera. so that is an argument in favor of renting if you're moving a lot right fair I statement agree. but I, I but i think that you know i think what we what we've deduced here by this conversation we haven't done all the math yet but i don't think it's like it's like 49 one way, 51 the other. Uh, oh, yeah. 48, 52. Yeah. I don't think it's a landslide in saying, oh, you mean old school tradition, you never rent, you buy. you get, And you pay that debt down over 30 years and then you own that shit. I think that those days are gone. And I think the conventional way of thinking in the math is different where I don't think it's, I don't, um, I don't think you're wrong either way. No, I, I agree. And I think, I've thought myself many times over the last several years, you know, would it make sense to just sell the house, take all the equity, invest it somewhere and then go rent and have that money earning money, right? That all the equity that I'd pull out of the house, I've thought about it. I haven't done it, obviously. Right. But I, you're right. There's, there's no black and white right or wrong answer on that. I think a lot of it, it depends on where you're at in life. Like if you're 22 years old and single, I'd say probably rent all day long unless you're going to do what we talked about, which is buy a duplex, buy a fourplex, and then rent out the other units. And that's an investment vehicle, right? The house hack. Yeah. If you're if you're not going to house hack and you're 22, 24, rent all day long. You're right. young. You're going to be switching companies. You're going to be moving around. You want to be mobile. 
So I probably would not recommend to the 22-year-old single individual to buy unless you're going to house hack. Yeah? No? Maybe. But, you know, if you're like me and you're 45, about to be 46, 50, and you got five kids and you know that you're not going anywhere for the next 10 years, owning is probably the way to go. You know, interesting, I read another article the other day, just a simple math, just a reminder, just a simple reminder. If you take out a $330,000 mortgage at 8%, 86% of your payments for the first 10 years go towards interest, only 14 towards principal. hey you're not paying that thing down at all for the first 10, is my point. I mean, like... But, but let, let's do some math here. $330,000 mortgage. Yep. You probably bought the house for, let's just call it 400 Yep, whatever. Okay, yeah. 400 20% down, yep. And it's appreciating by 3% per year. 10, may, 10 grand a year. Maybe more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, let's just call it 10 grand over 10 years. That's $40,000. You picked up, In yeah. appreciation. Yep. So... Right, like you can, you can, you can spin the math in any direction you want. Right, right, but it is. I mean, when you look at the pure numbers of ten years, you you haven't paid much down. Assuming the appreciation stays high, you then you then you get the gains there. Three percent is really not a high appreciation. That's like it is average, not. and it, it, it could very easily be five, six, seven percent, depending on where you are. Let's sure. say it's five percent. Five percent on four hundred grand—that's twenty G's every year over ten 20 years. Twenty G's. Two hundred. Get paid, plus. Did I just do that math right? I don't know. I just I heard it's two hundred, and I lost my train of thought. Well, five percent of forty thousand is, or excuse me, five percent of four hundred thousand is twenty thousand bucks. Five percent, of yes. Okay, multiply times ten years. That's two hundred thousand dollars in appreciation. Paid. Oh, Jerry, paid. You get paid. actually. I think I did the math on the first example wrong because Probably I did. said three percent, and we said ten grand, and we said over ten years that would be a hundred thousand dollars. Right, but you said three three percent of three hundred thirty thousand is about ten G's. Well, but you bought because you put some down. Whatever. Oh yeah, doesn't matter. Regardless, um, you know, bottom line here, folks, doesn't there is no right or wrong answer, and if you don't own your house, that's fine. Right. Don't get don't and get if, don't get mental though. People get mental. You, and if you rent, that's fine. You still and if you do own. That's fine. But I don't think you're losing really by by renting. No. Everyone gets this like I have to buy because I don't want to rent. You know, it's okay. Is my point. Yep. The analysis is complete. It's the okay. The analysis is complete. Okay. Okay. Let's wrap it up. Excellent.